She came over to me and um, she, she looks down on me. <laughs> She's was very tall. I want to dance with you. And it wasn't a request. <laughs> it was, uh, and then she puts on this unusual song on, on, on the um, jukebox. I don't know if you did. It was from the 1950s at the hop. And she literally lifts me off the floor and starts like doing like this hop dance with me, swinging me this way. Oh my gosh. She, yeah. Just, just, that's yes. got to be terrifying. I know. Of. I was terrified. <laughs> and then it ends. And then she, she puts me down. <laughs> what a sentence. The song ends. She put me down. I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> and walks over. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Was so that your first That was my first lesbian experience, yes. But first, a word from our sponsors. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout. Hotmovies.com has long been an ethical and affordable place to hashtag pay for some of your porn. Now with Hot Movies Select, customers gain access to unlimited viewings of tens of thousands of additional films from all their favorite studios for the low, low price of $24.95. Visit HotMovies.com, click Select Unlimited, and use promo code MANHOR at checkout so they know who sent you. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Shout out to all the butt sluts, the front tops, the down dogs, and the U-Haul Rewards Program members. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. From the roof. Hi. You know, it's actually seven years ago when I started this podcast, it was a dream. It was kind of a real big hope and wish of mine that I would get to meet and interview the owner of one of my favorite bars in all of New York City, Cubby Hole. And unfortunately, Tanya Saunders is no longer with us, but I am still interviewing the owner of Cubbyhole, Lisa Menachino. And oh, I'm just, it was so, I'm so excited to share her with y'all in a little bit. But first, you know, this is the lesbian bar episode. So obviously, I have to promote the upcoming Fan Whore Fantasy Football League. You know, last year we didn't do fantasy. Okay. You know, I, I honestly did not think the NFL season would complete, but hey, I've been known to be wrong on uh, rare occasions, uh, but, but we're definitely doing it uh, this year. We do a 10 or 12 team league, depending on the interest. It's a $30 buy-in, and we draft in like mid to late August. So if you want to snag a spot, just shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Our main rule is you have to have a sexually suggestive fancy football team name. Uh, and if you're feeling on the fence about joining, it's a 0.5 PPR league, if those words mean anything to you. Uh, let's, let's see what else is on the agenda here. Um, ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, it appears that I have a birthday on Saturday. Oh. Uh, in lieu of gifts, you know, it would be great. It'd be wonderful. I, I would certainly appreciate you. If you would share a link to the Man Whore podcast, pause on Maine. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you know, research still says that the number one way people discover and listen to new podcasts 
is through friend recommendations, especially those friend recommendations that are publicly on social media. It's kind of like endorsing it. You know, if you have to whisper to someone to check out a show, it sounds like you're not supposed to do it. Dress it up however you got it for Aunt Irene. Ooh, I'm not a big old poly kinky slutty person, but uh, he's got fun anecdotes. Makes you think. Um, it'd be a huge help for the show and it would make my heart swell. And I would love for you to help swell my heart before I get even older. And then it's just no longer safe or healthy for my heart to swell so much. So let's swell my heart now while it's still safe. I ate a huge plate of bacon this morning. You know, I did offer my dad like his own um, birthday dinner or meal with me because he's he's not the biggest fan of uh, of dining with his <laughs> very expensive divorce partner. And, uh, and he, a couple years ago for my 30th birthday, he was a good sport and he did do a dinner with me and my mom and not his girlfriend. And like, that was dope. So I tried to cut him some slack, but to my surprise, he was like, eh, no, it's okay. She can come. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'll get us all dinner. So I don't know. I guess my mom and dad, y'all going to fuck. What's up? G- give me, give me a baby. Can you give me a baby brother for, for my birthday? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, you know, I'm feeling good. I got on a scale for the first time in like two months. I was getting dressed for Hacienda and I just wanted to know, I had to like, I had to like promise to myself I would remain confident at the party if I just like got a little peek at the number. And, and you know, it's not the absolute heaviest I've ever been in my life, but I'm, it's not far from it. I haven't been like doing anything diet wise. You know, I've just been, I've been doing the daily yoga and I hate how spiritual it's making me feel. For decades, I mocked the practice for no good reason other than Brian Regan had a joke in 2002 about how he couldn't relax during the relaxation pose. And I was like, I don't know, 13 and thought, eh, that's how I'm going to feel about yoga for the rest of my life. I was such a fool. And I see this number and it's not a nice number. I, I still don't like it. But like, I have never felt sexier. I've just been consistently happier. I've been, I've strung together so many good days. I'm recording this on the roof of my building just to see if any of the shoes are going to drop. I feel good things happening. I can't wait to see how I fuck that up. People, I'm even making meals. I, you know, longtime listeners who know my eating habits, I've been making, I feel like I've been lying to all of you, honestly, by not sharing this. I've been on occasion making myself green beans with my steaks. Yeah, voluntarily eating vegetables with no woman in the vicinity to impress. I am, this might be the closest I've been to taking care of myself. I gotta imagine the OnlyFans, uh, you know, helped a lot with the whole body stuff because, you know, because it's kind of hard for me to say I have an objectively unattractive body if that body is making enough money to pay rent on its own. I think that combined with being able to get out there and pursue connections and the, with, with being all vaxxed up and applying some things I've been learning about myself over the last you know year and a half locked up inside, things are looking up. Let me do a quick business item, transition out of the vulnerability uh, into capitalism, and then, uh, then just a pinch more capitalism, and then we'll get to Lisa. Uh, how's that for a plan? Cool. Let's do a fan or appreciation moment. Let's cleanse the palate. I want to give a shout out right now to Gilberto Molina. 
if I ever have a tweet that's just zero retweets, zero likes, zero replies, I can just look at my watch and be like, Gilberto's going to show up for me real soon. I can count on it. <laughs> uh, thanks for all that. And thanks for supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. And you can become a member today for as little as $2 at patreon.com slash podcast. I'm currently running a special promotion where if you pledge for an annual membership, you get one whole month off. Look at that. Again, join today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Uh, now for this week's guest, Lisa Menachino. Lisa is the owner of the illustrious Cubbyhole Establishment. Uh, she was previously a bartender there for a couple decades. Uh, I was connected with Lisa through the fine folks at the Lesbian Bar Project. Some of y'all might remember back uh, last, uh, late last year, we had on a little segment talking about the shocking decline in the number of lesbian bars in this country. Uh, they have found a few more since then, but I think we're still up to like just 21 lesbian bars still running in the United States of America right now. That is insane. So the LBP for the entire month of June is raising money to redistribute to these various establishments, help keep the lights on, help pay that back rent, you know, help keep that staff on the payroll, help keep things spruced up and all that good stuff. So uh, please, if you can, please donate. I myself, last year, I accidentally overdrew my account for a day uh, because I donated on the wrong day. But, you know, I'm so happy I did it. Uh, but please head on over to lesbianbarproject.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. Also, they have a documentary that is coming out tomorrow, Thursday, June 3rd, through the Jägermeister Global YouTube channel. Uh, this might be the only time I visit the Jägermeister YouTube channel, uh, but I know I will be checking out that film. Uh, it, executive produced by Leah Delaria. From Orange is New Black. Also on the Man or Podcast guest wish list, Leah, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> um, folks, I recorded this with Lisa Menachino. Uh, it's, I show up and I think we're going to record like in an office. She's like, yeah, you can come by Cubby. We'll record here. I'm like, great. I arrive and she's like, well, we don't really have an office. <laughs> There's nowhere like you and I could properly sit. And have a conversation in the back. And they had, you know, it was a really nice day out and hot. So they had the AC was on super loud in there. So we we recorded outside in their uh, their outdoor dining little area out on uh, you know, the corner of West 4th and West 12th Street. But that also means that we were recording outside on a New York City street. So uh, it will you will hear soundscapes of the city. I hope it's not too irritating for you. I hope you just close your eyes and imagine you are also, you know, hanging out outside of one of the three lesbian bars remaining in New York City. Also, if you can hear it, uh, say hello to the J Train, everybody. Say hi, J Train. Uh, Cubby is, a, is just a very special place uh, in this city, especially uh, for queer women. Lisa gives us some origins, some fun stories, and shares a little bit about herself as well. Let's go chat with Lisa Menachino about some Cubby. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. It can be annoying and frustrating to manage different porn 
monthly memberships to different sites so you can get all the different types of porn that you want. But HotMovies.com, they got content from all your favorite porn studios starring all your favorite porn performers doing all your favorite porn categories. And, you know, so they got stuff for straight people, gay guys, kinky folks, lesbians, queer women. They got stuff for you, by you, too. You want Crash Pad series? They've got a whole mess of it. And you can get some free minutes to enjoy the HotMovies.com experience when you use promo code MANHOR at checkout. You know you got to pay for some of your porn anyway, and you want to support brands that support this show. So why don't you head on over to HotMovies.com and do it up. Promo code MANHOR. For years, I have been promoting the Motor Bunny because it is like the most powerful vibrator out there. If you're someone who feels like you burn through vibrators every three months because none of them can really quite get strong enough, then, oh gosh, do I have a challenger for you, the Motor Bunny. It's wild. I've used the Motor Bunny. I've uh, Yeah, about one, I would say on average, like once every nine months, nine to 15 months, I, I sit that sweet tush down on the motor bunny and i gotta tell you i can only take it to five maybe five and a half this this soft boy butt is is weak but you know that motor bunny can crank it up to 11 so i want to know does that pussy got what it takes or if you're using your butthole and you got a stronger butthole than me hey you know let me know uh folks if you want to get 50 dollars off your own motor bunny or their new product the motor bunny buck Use my very special URL. It'll automatically apply your code at checkout. Head on over to manhorpot.com slash motorbunny. And if this is an endorsement, I don't know what it is. You know, one of my exes theorizes that they stayed in the relationships two months longer than they should have because they really like the motor bunny. Enjoy a very special Manhor Podcast discount at manhorpod.com slash motorbunny. Now let's get to the show. What happened was I, uh, I was working in uh, as a social worker in family court, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like at a crossroads. And, you know, I was in a, I was in my late twenties, and I was trying to decide whether I wanted to go on to get my MSW or because I was kind of burning out from what I was doing. It was hard, mm-hmm. physically, not physically, but mentally. So I said, you know what, I'm going to take a little break from it all and go back. I had always bartended through college and whatnot. And I'm going to bartend for a little while and try and figure out what I wanted to do. Mm. So I had a friend that was a bartender here, and she was leaving. She was moving to Florida, and she um, introduced me to the owner and creator of Cubby, Tanya Saunders. And Tanya and I just hit it off immediately, and she hired me, and I just, um, I never left. I fell in love with the little bar and the and the owner and its patrons and its vibe and the whole thing. So I worked here for several years, and I became the manager. And then um, when Tanya got ill, I started running the whole thing. And um, when she passed away, she left the bar to me, and that was three years ago. Wow, that's that's heavy. Yeah. Did you know that that was going to happen, or was that a, a no, postpartum No, she, she told me, yeah, because she didn't know what, you know, when she started getting sick, she... She wasn't sure what to do with it, and she thought about. I mean, she didn't. Um, she told me, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you either all of it or part of it." And you know, I never asked what the situation was, but she said, "I, I have to make some decisions and see what I think would be best to do." And she, she left me all of it. Did that feel like a a big responsibility? It, it did in one way because she was such a, a special human being in so many ways and so loved, and. Um, I felt 
you know, I, I was honored and even though I had been running the bar for a, a few years, I, it, it's still to live up to what Tanya was, was that's, it was, it was going to be difficult, but I, you know, but I loved Cubby. And so I was honored and scared and all those things at once. It's not just a responsibility to Tanya. It's like a responsibility to the local The whole community, community yeah. to continue because this is such a special place. And I mean, um, it's, it's magical almost. And I don't say that because I'm the owner and love it. It's just so many people have so many life's milestone experiences here. Mm. And um, <laughs> <laughs> some big revelations have happened in this bar. It's true. Oh. I mean, crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. And, and, and just like, you know, the first kiss, you know, innocent, sweet stuff, but really important stuff to people. You know, I realized that when we had closed, because one of the things Tanya always felt was that this bar has been around as cubbyhole for 27 years. Mm. One of the things, she never, ever closed. 365 days a year, mm. seven days a week, through 9-11, through Sandy, blackouts, blizzards. She wanted to get bar to open, even if it was for just like a couple hours a day, so that people would have, you know, whatever environmental stresses they were feeling, they would have a safe place to go. It was interesting. Be- being a lesbian in the late 50s and 60s, was it wasn't easy. And she came from a family who really did not accept it. And she was telling me a story about some of the bars in... Um, the early 60s or whatnot, used to be mixed. They used to have the gay men and lesbians there because what would happen was they'd be raided and it was speakeasy-like, so people would like look out the yeah. thing. And if they saw the cops were coming or heard that they were being raided, the lesbians would start dancing with the men <laughs> to throw them off. Everyone act and, like mom and dad are coming home. <laughs> also, she took it like one step further. She was with her, um, with her partner, also her partner, family was not accepting of this at all so they lived on Horatio Street and above them was a, um, a gay male couple and they actually got married <laughs> they married one another and they would pretend to be together whenever the family would visit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she was always in the company of, of gay men and she loved gay men and she loved tra- transgender people and she wanted a lesbian bar because she felt that was important but she wanted a lesbian bar where lesbians straight friends could come, lesbians family can come, lesbians gay, gay men, can, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's lesbian, but we're not gonna... I've never felt like I was getting a side eye when right, I've been right. in yeah. Exactly. She didn't want that, and, and that's what she created, and she wanted, again, also, in terms of the community and the neighborhood, she wanted a safe space for people, no matter what the circumstances were going on, so she never ever closed, so it was, it was really emotional when I was forced to close by the state yeah. For good reason. I mean, you couldn't yeah. uh, in March 16th, 2020. That was that was that was tough. When you started, you know, working here and fall in love with the place, you know, what what does Cubby mean to you before you even owned it? Cubby became like a like a second family to me. Um especially what it's what it's regulars and even with I mean, people would come from all over the place, from all over the the country, all over the world and we would make them feel like the atmosphere in there, the ambiance would make them feel like this is like like they're going to visit a friend. Yeah. Like Cubby Hill has become their old friend. I felt that way too, working that way. Yeah. And, you know, we have our regulars that have been coming for years. And um, we're famous for our ceiling. But some of the stories about the ceiling. Tanya had gone to uh, New Orleans before when she owned DT Fat Cats, which was much different than this. 
And she noticed like at this restaurant, they had like come some vines hanging from the ceiling. And she thought to herself, you know what? I think that would look really cool if I had a bar and hung all these things from the ceiling. So she did. And it kind of progressed over the years um, to where it changes now with the seasons and the yeah. holidays. In terms of like how special people are to us, how special our regulars and our customers are to us, is behind the bar, the things that are up there are all gifts that our patrons bring to us from their travels around the world. And, and we don't change those out. We keep them until they uh, fall or whatever. That's very but, sweet. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a very, that, that's the kind of place it is. And it, it's become, it's almost like transcends its like edifice. It's become like an emotional connect, connection to so many people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, and you felt that work in there. You did. And it's just, it's just, I love it. It's not unusual because I'm going to come in alone and just come out with a whole bunch of new friends just because people are talking. You know what it is, too? It makes it special. I, I often find, like, New York is such a big city and some in crowded city, yet it's filled with kind of, like, a lot of lonely people, I think, because, like, I think of myself, I, you know, I live in a building with a hundred other people, and I don't even know my neighbors. I mean maybe pay, wave to them on the way. And I think it's a lot because New Yorkers are so busy. So I think Cubbyhill kind of reminds them of a, a small town comfort kind of kind of place. And it's also, for those who don't know Cubby, I mean, it is, it's small. It's but, very small. It's, it's under 600 square feet. <laughs> but I feel like it's purposefully small. I, I would. <laughs> yes, that adds to the, to, to the ambiance. But it's got a big personality. It does have a big personality. <laughs> it very much does. I mean, I started going to Cubby in college because my uh, my former babysitter uh, was starting to realize that she was into women and she didn't have anyone from back home to come out to really. So mm-hmm. she would come into the city and she didn't know anyone to go out with like that in the city. So she would hit me up because I was at NYU. And so she knew I was nearby. She knew I was chill. So she's like, will you just come with me to this lesbian bar? I just need like a safety net. She would go off immediately cruising. Yeah. I was just hanging out at the bar talking to some of these like some of the older women at the bar. By the end of the night, they were like, you come back. Yeah. yeah great. Some of them were like, your friend's a little handsy. I think you can leave her at home, but you come back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, th- I mean, this place, uh, I mean, if, if I can have warm feelings about it, I can't even imagine the people the place is meant for primarily, like, what it means, you know. To yeah, them. I mean, we did, I, yeah, I, and it's, and we nurture that we we want that we want whatever we have to do to make few people feel welcome and i pre-pandemic um the weekends we would sometimes get busy sometimes get busy. i mean I, well, we, excuse you, <laughs> you were, also you were all like yeah i know this place you could bring family i like maybe during the daytime 12 30 comes around. it's <laughs> fucking wild in there it's packed but, there's lots of dancing um and and it's like you're dancing wherever you geographically you can't really dance it's more it was more like swaying your body because you, you didn't really have room to dance <laughs> you you are gonna shuffle whatever in the space whatever, you yeah. were caught in in that moment the jukebox very po- very popular <laughs> But um, people would, on Fridays and Saturdays, it could get very busy. And, you know, we have a limited, by law, capacity that we have to adhere to. And uh, so they would line up. And the, and the thing was, they'd line up and they'd wait in the rain, in the cold, in the heat. So we would give out I, little free chips, like the free drink trips for waiting. Because I feel like 30,000 bars in New York and you're standing online to come into to hours. It's yeah. like... I, I'm just so honored by that that I feel you know we have to give you something back for it's that. It's not even like the only queer bar in five block radius, right? Like, it's like There's you a whole bunch of them, but you, you choose to stay here, and that's I'm, I'm humbled by that. Well, grow, growing up in New York City, you know what what spaces did you have access to? 
Well, the interesting thing was when I came out, it was the early 90s, mid 90s, um, there were so many bars. There were so many choices to be had. And even if there wasn't a particular lesbian bar that was lesbian every night, there was a lesbian night. And uh, so, like I said, there was the Click Club, there was Meow Mix. Wait, there was an actual bar called Click Club? Yes. It was in the meatpacking district before the... I grew up in the wrong fucking era. <laughs> Let's maintain that. The Click Club was so much fun, too. It was, it was like this dark kind of loud music, a lot of... Um, Led lights. What are those lights? Is that the right strobe word? Strobe lights. Strobe. Oh, strobe lights. I'm sorry. Strobe yeah, lights. Strobe lights. Yeah. I thought um, you were going to be like there were a lot of clits. Uh, there was. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of clits in there too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, so that was in the meatpacking district before the um, renovations happened. So all that was there was pretty much the like uh, sex clubs for men, the click club for women, and Florent, this little 24-hour um, French bistro diner. Mm-hmm. That you went to after you got out of the click club or whatever <laughs> sex club you were in. And uh, were there more places that you felt you could go out and party back then? Yeah, there, there were so many. And then um, yeah, there was Julie's Uptown. There was Pandora's Box. There was the Duchess. Yeah. The, and now to, to find out there's only 15, there's only three left in the city. Yeah. But to find there's only 15 or 16 in the entire country, it's like, wow. I remember my first, when I first met, again, um, I was about 21, mm-hmm. and I, my first coming out, and I, I, there was a, where Starbucks was on Sheridan Square there, yeah, yeah. there was a lesbian bar, I forget whether it was the Duchess or Pandora's Box or something, but it was the first bar I went into, and I was like really, really nervous, and I was by myself, mm-hmm. and um, you know, <laughs> it's <was, laughs> like growing up working class Italian, even though my family was cool about everything, it was still, I came from a like a conservative area. And yeah. so I mentioned, and I, I was never just like leaning against the, was it the jukebox? It must've been the jukebox. And, um, I noticed this woman sitting at the bar and she was, she was like a big woman, you know, tall and husky. And, um, she had taken off her, her she was wearing a motorcycle jacket and she had a mohawk, which made her look even more tall. And she took off her, her motorcycle jacket and she was wearing, um, a tank top t-shirt, like one of those Hanes t-shirts. Yeah. And uh, I noticed like she was lifting her arm a little bit. And I noticed that she, <laughs> that coming down her arm, I don't know if this is going to work on a podcast, but coming down her arm from the elbow was like a high heel shoe. And then it was a woman's leg that wow. ended right over here at her armpit. The upper thigh ended right there. Yeah. And then from what I can see, the same thing was coming up her, ri- her, her ribs. <laughs> Over here, with the thigh ending over here, and she had she All hadn't the shaved the hair. armpit, and <laughs> so now being a nice Catholic girl from <laughs> that's that's not something that you would see in in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, in the <laughs> early nineties. <laughs> so I might have been been looking at her, and I think maybe she thought I was flirting with her or not. But she she came over to me, and um, she she looks down on me. <laughs> she was very tall, and um, I want to dance with you. And it wasn't a request. <laughs> it was, uh, and then she puts on this unusual song on 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 the um, jukebox. I don't know if you do. It was from the 1950s at the Hop. I don't know if at you know. The hop, no, hop, yes, yes, yes. Hop. That was it. And she literally lifts me off the floor and starts like doing like this hop dance with me, swinging me this way. Oh my god! Yeah. Just, just 
That's yes. gotta be terrifying. I know of. it was terrifying. <laughs> and then it ends, and then she she puts me down. <laughs> what a sentence! <laughs> the song ends. She put me down. I just like, thank you very much, <laughs> and walks over, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> was so that your first? That time was my first lesbian experience. Yes, uh, out in a up. bar, being like hit on, being whatever, dancing with another lesbian. Yes. <laughs> and how, how did you feel? I was like, I I didn't know what to make of it. I I was exhilarated and a little scared at the same time. <laughs> you were like, is this what being gay is? This is I had no idea. It wasn't in the magazine. right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, how did I get off on that tangent? I was uh, just telling you all the places like, we I go. Was asking, like what spaces you had access to <laughs> yes. back then when you were coming out? Because like there were there there were there seems like to have been more then than there are. Yes. Now. So you know, um, I gradually I started going because there were so many. I used to go out different ones, and I, I met a group of friends, and we used to go out all the time on the weekends, and there were a lot of places to go. And like I said, if it wasn't a lesbian bar, it was a lesbian bar for one night. They used yeah. to have lesbian parties. And I think, you know, that's, that doesn't happen or they're not around as and much anymore. And I guess I was so shocked when, so when we did that segment for the Lesbian Bar Project and they said that, you know, what the number was, like how low it is, I was so shocked because like, I think many of us would say we're in a more accepting progressive time and yet there are less queer bars. Why is that? I think like a, a big part of the reason is because we're we're in such a progressive time. <laughs> what is that? Give it, yeah, uh, give it one, give it another few. It sounds like a broken bicycle, right? That's just stubbornly saying no. I will continue to ride, <laughs> like picking it up or just throwing it away. Like it sounds like it should be would be defeat. Uh, for that person. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's try one more time. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> this is why there are less of them. No. Okay. no I, I would say go go ahead and uh, you can answer through it unless it comes up o- alongside. Okay. So so it used to be that the, the bar was really the only place you can go to meet romantically or socially. Mm. And I think in these, the progressive, as we assimilated and as the broader society started to accept gay people and gay marriage and all of that, you didn't have to be in the closet anymore. I mean, it's still a long way to go. And there's still areas of this country where you, you know, it's really bad and you still, but for the most part, I think the larger cities are, it's very open. And so you can come out at work and you can go to a straight bar and it wouldn't be unusual to meet another lesbian at a straight bar or, or even at work. So that the reason that people used to come changed. Mm-hmm. And also with the the advent of technology and all these dating sites and you know you can, it was much easier going home and you could pick like who you who you liked and you wrote to them and then you met and so so it was less of a need for that I think in order for in order to survive you sort of had a lesbian the lesbian bars that did you sort of had to like reinvent yourself a little bit mm-hmm. and offer well okay well it's not just a lesbian bar to pick up people. It's a lesbian bar. So you, know, you want to be around people that are like you. The, um, you know, you want to be a, a cool place to, you know, just hang out. Where you meet somebody online, go out on a date if you like them, take them for a na- nightcap. I mean, yeah. that's sort of what it what it became. So that's why I think, and plus, I think now that um, a lot of lesbians are married, and I know a lot people lesbians that get married have children. Um, so. 
you know, when you have children, it's hard to go out as much. Um, the progress society has has this unfortunate toll right. on the businesses that used to be like a necessity. Exactly. And, and by being better as a society, like there's not as much. That's necessity. one of the drawbacks of it. But yeah, but you but it becomes you can have a different. It has a different necessity for the for the historical purpose of it. As a cultural know, necessity. And, and, right. As a, and also as a place that you can go, not necessarily meet someone romantically, but to just enjoy, celebrate your identities in a place where there's yeah. other people like you. It's you also know? just a great bar. Uh, like uh-huh. uh, $2 Margarita Tuesdays. There you go. Whose it's idea a was fun, that? Right. It's a, it's a fun. It's fun. <laughs> it, you're having fun. Yeah, great price for a drink. <laughs> and, you know, you're supporting like a, a culturally historic s- spot. <laughs> I got to imagine the, uh, you have to carry yourself a little differently as owner than you were as bartender. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. Because bartender, I, I feel like, opens you up to some pretty wild stories. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like any other bar, you all throw uh, people out. Uh, you have to throw people. You know what? You know what is what I find just, and I can't figure this out. Is you know you have to cut people off when they've had too much and they're getting um, obnoxious or they're yeah. getting um, they're, they're intruding on other people's space, mm-hmm. and people just get so offended about being cut off from their alcohol. It's, it's almost like you in, insulted their mom or something. <laughs> It's like, you know, just go, go home and come back tomorrow and start all over again. You want to cut like, me off? Barbara proceed as a wonderful I'm not woman. Drunk. I'm not drunk. And then, you, 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 what do you mean? You're not drunk. You just threw up into your martini glass. You know, but how disgusting is that? <laughs> I know. Now I have room for more. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> is, is there a particularly wild story of what? having to uh, dislodge someone from cubby? Oh, the woman came in. She was really, she was having a fight on the phone with her girlfriend. And um, she decided... That she was going to lock herself in the bathroom and not come out. And <laughs> and at this place with its a tiny space with it's two bathrooms. It's the tiniest like... little bathroom. <laughs> and we could not get her out. And, you know, trying to, you know, it's music blaring, people yelling and whatnot. And trying to, like, counsel her and understand how heartbroken she is. <laughs> and we still could not get her out. And I'm trying to, like, it was me and uh, another person I worked with. We were trying to lift her, you know, to get her out. And she held on to our toilet bowl oh. <laughs> so tightly that she broke it off the <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> and then um she went completely crazy and decided well i broke the toilet i'm gonna break the sink and then she broke our sink <laughs> i'm gonna break this bathroom like she broke my heart exactly exactly <laughs> and um so <laughs> We had a flood all over the place. We had to close early, oh. whatever. And, uh, you know, she came back, I think, two days later. I'm sorry. Can I come back in? I said, listen, I think you need, like, a little little time away. <laughs> I'm not I'm banning you forever, but I think you need a little bit of break. And she did offer to pay to fix it, which was, which was nice. But um, the things like that. Another person had uh, their wallet pickpocketed. Which I understand is an annoyance and it's terrible. And so she decided as revenge, she was going to steal everything from everybody she saw. She stole people's cell phones, wallet, laptop. And, and the security guy sees her and she, she's walking. I mean, they're not even subtle about it. She yeah, must have like, walking out with all these electronics, man. Up her shirt. So the, the woman comes in and she's like 110 pounds and she's going out and she's 200. <laughs> so he stopped and he sees all this and, you know, she got into trouble because, uh, you know, 
Yeah, it's like and I, Larson. I, I said, you know, I, I was talking to her. I said, I understand, but you can't. I mean, do you realize what you did? You can't do. It. And so I think a couple of the women who she did wanted to press charges. So she got in trouble for that. I, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, have you had stories on the other side of the spectrum? Have you witnessed some beautiful encounters happen? Some magic, uh, some wonderment. <laughs> some magic. Some. Um, there was one time. This was uh, when. Uh, I first started working working here the first couple of years, and uh, this woman brought in her her partner of I think they were twenty five years a long time long time, and her partner had uh, terminal cancer, uh-huh. and uh, you know we we didn't realize at, we didn't know that at the time, but she the, the girlfriend said you know this is a really special night for her and and us so and so we made them feel as special as possible we we. Um, uh, sort of, sort of let them play whatever they want on the jukebox. Gave them all that. Bought them rounds. Danced with them. You know, just just made them feel really, really special. And um, the woman had several months later. I came back and she, you know, that night was so important to my. She passed away. She had ovarian cancer, and it's like that. You made her feel so special, and she had such a painful treatment over the past couple of years she had such a wonderful time i think i'm getting choked up just thinking about it and thank you so much it meant so much to me and it meant so much to her so that was a much one of the more poignant moments another one personally was um on 9-11 my um stepmom my my dad's wife uh, just for context for people who are not from here uh we're not like mileage wise very far from ground no zero. we're like two Two and a half miles, yeah, maybe? Yeah, a few subway stops, not far. Yeah. Just to give uh, that frame of reference. So my stepmom worked in the first tower on the, uh, I think, the 110th floor. So she was killed in that. And um, I remember when it happened, my father had called me frantic, um, she, you know, that she, he hadn't heard from her. He didn't know where to get information. And, you know, I was trying to think, okay, so... I, I was like a nervous wreck. It was really hard to concentrate on what I was doing, and I, I, I wanted to get to my my father. And um, yeah, to one of the regulars at the bar. She was a regular. I didn't know her that well. I mean, I knew her from the bar or whatever. Um, she actually, she said, and everything was closed. You couldn't get in and out of the city except one way. You had to go through Queens. So I couldn't even take a train. There was no way I could get. She gave me the keys to her car. She said, take my car, go. I know the Tribal Bridge is open. I think it's the uh, Koch Bridge now. Is it, uh, uh, Ed Koch? The, uh, it's, it's the RFK Bridge. Not the, not the, the, not the Tribal oh. I'm sorry, the Queens. The uh, Queensboro Bridge. Queensboro Bridge. 59th Street Bridge. 59th yeah, yeah. Street Bridge. Is that Ed Koch Bridge? Uh, I think it's still Queensboro, Queensboro? for now. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she said that's I the also only- still call it the Tappan Zee Bridge, not the Mario Cuomo Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> So she said, "Take take my keys, and that's the way it's gonna. It'll take you a while, but you'll you'll get home. And don't worry about giving my car back whenever you can." So this woman, I you know barely knew just from the boy, just gave me her car to go and get to my dad, and I was able to do it. So that, that was another wonderful moment in cubby history. That's a beautiful New York experience. Mm-hmm. Here, take my car. Yep, it's nine eleven. Get out of here. Find your dad. Yep. And I imagine you like get to connect with regulars with one timers and all sorts like just being a bartender and like 
the stories you hear, I'm sure, at that bar, like, may be different from when I go to a 13-step. I'm sure you also hear mm-hmm. plenty of stories and, and issues that are just like any I, well, other New Yorker so, bar. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you hear things and you don't exactly know what to say. I mean, you don't <laughs> like I, I remember um, this woman came in and she was really upset. And um, so I said, uh, everything OK? Oh. And she tells me that um, her I think it was her girlfriend was transgender. Oh, no, no. Her father was transgender. Okay was having an affair with her girlfriend. Her mother found out about it, ran over the father with her car, <laughs> and is now facing like um, attempted murder charges in jail. Oh. So she tells me this, and I'm like, uh, that'll be $10 for the scotch. And never mind, it's on me. It's on me. <laughs> like, like, what do you say to that? Like, it puts all your issues in, in perspective, like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I'm not going to complain about that thing I was going to complain about. <laughs> oh, and then another funny story. Uh, these two women come in and um, they had just been out. They had just met online and they, they went for coffee or something. And uh, they came in, they were having a drink, deciding what to do. And one of them goes to the bathroom and the other one telling me, hey, I, j- I just met this woman. I, I, I know it's quick, but I feel like she's the one. I'm so attracted to her. I'm like, I can, I can see us together years from now. I, I just want to kiss her. Like, you think I should just kiss her? And I'm like, you know what? Let's take it a little slow. Maybe you should go out to dinner and then maybe whatever. Um, so <laughs> the other woman comes out. They finish, finish their drink. The first woman goes to the bathroom and <laughs> the woman's like, Oh my God. <laughs> This is the worst date of my life. I can't. I'd rather be home changing my cat's litter. I can't stand it. I, I didn't want to be rude. And after coffee, tell her I don't want to come here, but I don't want to go out to dinner. I got to get home. What do I do to be nice and get? And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, how do you miss the, the clues? Like, Talk about experience, two people experiencing the same event in com- incredibly different ways. different perceptions of it. But that was funny. <laughs> I mean, do, do do people kind of view you as like the godmother, the mama bear? Like, do people kind of come and target you for dumping their stuff? Or is it just whoever's behind the bar? Some of that. I mean, whoever's behind the bar, I think they look that. I think because I think the an- an- anonymity of it, too. It's easier to talk to someone than call a friend or whatever sometimes. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that is so wild. But like, I got to imagine that like people use cubby like, yeah, you said like online dating might cut into one purpose why people would come out here. But I got to imagine people use it, use cubby as a place to go to bring a date. Yes, you know? that's what we encourage yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if you're getting engaged, have an engagement party here. You met here, have an engagement party here. Propose here. In fact, when have we, were- we had cubby proposals. Oh, We've had several, but one that stands out in my mind was um, during the pandemic, we had to, we opened and then we had to close again. Right. Um, he stopped all indoor dining and got too cold. And so, but this one couple, she so badly wanted to propose to her girlfriend here that she can in the, in the, the bitter cold of February in front of the bar, 
um, we were able to get her a little table, make a little sign for her, give her a little bottle of champagne. <laughs> like she's that in the cold just to do it in front of Cubby, and it's like things like that. Just like it, it's, just, it's just amazing. And it shows that like Cubby's not only you know has a place in like queer New York history, but just like it's now it, you know that Cubby's got a place in a lot of people's histories mm-hmm. for themselves, like. Yes. monumental moments but i do like you said in the other story i gotta imagine you've talked uh i feel like u-haul's stock price would be higher without you maybe talking some people out of <laughs> russian things uh, i do I'm a, how, I, how many how many same sex uh weddings have you prevented from happening by saying <laughs> oh, sleep on it i i hope <laughs> i hope a few because some of them in all honesty from what i've known just seeing them here and they just weren't ready yet. It's just, it was too soon. Like, it was I mean, the first date, you know? It's yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I look at me. Like, you know, I've been with um, my partner almost eight years. Mm-hmm. We were sp- actually, we were supposed to get married on um, June, last June, but we had to postpone that. But we were together seven years before we even, or six years before we even talked about getting married. Yeah. And I said, I Sounds think. Sounds healthy. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a little bit long, but I think maybe you should, like, you have to get to know each other a little. I know. And I would tell them, you know, because I've been in a lot of relationships prior to her. And I said, you know what? I have been madly in love. I, you know, just devote. I I, I thought I was madly swinging from the chandeliers because everything. I'm telling you, just you got to give it. it, it, You got to wait until that like initial craziness dissipates. Mm -hmm. And then if you still want to be with that person, you still enjoy their company without the crazy sex sex going on. That's when you know that that's the person. Yeah. You know? Not just like after the first fight, but after like that whole honeymoony feelings. Right. When those are gone and then you've spent some time in that. Right. And, and had, had had a fight in that. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. that's when you can. And that's that's usually a couple of years, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I told my, my sister got engaged a little under two years of dating. And I was like, I don't know. Y'all don't even know what a leap year is like together. Right. You know? It's like, why don't you see a full congressional term? I don't know. This, uh, and she's like, no, the one. And now they have a kid. Um, and now we keep that little niece alive at all costs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, did you, and how did you two meet? We actually were friends before we were together. She used to date a really good friend of mine. Uh-huh. And um, that's how I met her. And then they had broken up um, years before we started going out. And I, she started coming to the bar again. And this had been a good three years after she had broken up with my friend and uh, we started hanging out and talking so to each other. you dated your friend before? No, she dated my friend before. Right, right, right. And was that, was that like an issue or was No, that... because so many years had passed. So okay. they were both over it. So, and I started seeing her as we hung out more and more. I started seeing her in a different way mm-hmm. and that's how it happened. Nice. And did, yeah. did you, and so you didn't know her like through Cubby? I knew her through Cubby only because of my friend who used to come to Cubby. Is that something like before you you met your partner? Like, did you, was that something like, did you have to like kind of like push off advances as a bartender at one of the few lesbian bars in New York City? (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to do that. I mean, it's very flattering that people, (laughs) I think it's just the alcohol behind you that like (laughs) gets. Stop it. Stop it. What would you say is a major difference between like the culture at Cubby when you started bartending here like 20 years ago and now pre-pandemic? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I think I find that like the younger generation, they're more and this is not necessarily a, a bad thing. They're more activist 
but yet not as aware of the of history necessarily. Mm. They're more into the social justice, which is a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. But they're a little bit sometimes a little bit in, almost intolerant of each other, of, of it's almost like they can sometimes eat their own. And I, I give this as an example. I um, had m- men and women on the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So as a non-binary and transgender, I decided yeah. I would I would change those. Um, I got a couple of people that, that wrote to me, and I, I decided that... You turned them into all-gender bathrooms? Right, or? I turned them into okay. all-gender bathrooms. Um, so... I put the the man and the woman icons on it on both of them, and I was going to put the the non-binary icon, transgender binary, but they were sold out. So I had to wait like a couple of weeks until it came in, and I got the nastiest like like uh, social media posts about how you know I was being insensitive to the transgender community and all that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, we had transgender people coming in here before any other place. <laughs> I mean, what? It's like, give me a break. I was like, I'm, I'm putting it there. It's just they were out of stock. Or there's a way, or you could send an email, say, hey, I noticed this thing. I have a concern. There <laughs> is an overzealousness that yeah. comes from a good place. It does, but sometimes it's like, give people, especially people on your side, the benefit of the doubt sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, like ask a question first. And right. then and then we're like, but I need to be angry. Well, hey, if they give you the wrong answers, maybe you can be li- angry later. Uh, but for now, maybe right. it's just on back order. Yeah. You know? and, th- and there was another incident out here where one of the bartenders, um, she was petting one of their dogs and she wanted to give her a treat. She asked the owners and the owner said, no, she's on a special diet. And she said, so she turns to the dog. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Your mom said that, you know, I can't. They got so angry with her that they changed their section because she called them moms and they're not moms. They're, they don't identify as any sex or they. Oh, okay, gotcha. Which is fine, but like, why not just say, hey, we're, we're they, not moms? And yeah. how, what, what's the anger? But how is she supposed to know? I mean, maybe you can't assume anything, but you know, she's, she made a mistake. She didn't mean anything. Like, why would you do that? I just, I don't understand that, the hostility of it. And then, you know, we're both from a different generation so we're not used to it yet yeah. and sometimes even i forget i just you know call people girl or yeah you know but it, it's it, it comes from a harmless place just correct me and i'll try harder not well, to do that like the, the the instant reaction the way i've been explained to it so i'm willing to be very wrong in this but i thought the idea was we don't we react this way to certain word stuff because we don't know where these people stand because of how we've been treated historically uh, right, but well, when, when you know, the, when, the idea is like when you're in there, you know where everyone stands, more or less. So the the language allowance should be, right. I thought, I think, expanded because like we know where we stand here, as opposed to when you're at like you're down on Wall Street, you don't know. So right. like you, you, you side eye a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not you're, my place you, to say. You're it more at all, forgiving. But. I I think you should be more forgiving for people who again are on your side if they're at the lesbian bar with you we know they are not uh hateful people and maybe just and it could be just like they're what habitual you know that takes a while they're not used to that kind of the grammatically it doesn't come out right for them because they've been so used to not doing that Uh, so it takes a little while that's all is that is it different how's it different from the activism that was taking place 20 years ago same community um See, I was invited. The activism I remember was for the uh, AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. and 
that it was very aggressive like activism and it had to be get people knowledge of it and what i know what i noticed about it was that a lot of the gay men were getting sick and um the lesbians were trying to were supporting them mm. were you know fighting for them where they couldn't so it was like they were fighting for their sales for their own rights but they were also trying to carry gay men along during that horrible crisis when we were losing so many so that's what i know is different and, and i kind of like that that they got together and we helped each other that way was there infighting back then there wasn't a, a little bit i mean some lesbians would, would get resentful if you they found like guys in the bar like but but for the most part no mm. and um and i'd like to think that if the need came up that the same thing would happen now but maybe it doesn't as much because the need isn't there but and by need do you mean like um direct attack even right virus exactly yeah. like something like that hmm. interesting hmm. what would you what would you like sometimes i, I remember back then they were Sometimes I, I was a little bit put, put off by, they weren't necessarily violent, um, but they were aggressive. They were like, I lived um, on West 10th Street and Bleecker, and they would march over there, and they would break the mailbox. They had this thing with the mailbox on the corner, where I used to mail my bills. <laughs> and every time they had a ma- march, they broke that mailbox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just didn't understand it. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to get us the rights. Right. I mean, you can be loud and you can pump your fist and... But, yeah, anyway. It just sticks in my head. Why are we we breaking shit that I use? But I feel like the young people here are are equally as passionate and it's good. And um, it's also good with Black Lives Matter... um, so they actually they are doing they're fi- they're fighting for they're stepping out of themselves fighting their, for their own rights and also fighting for social justice and Black Lives Matter and right. and so instead of gay are. men to fight for they are fighting for just other oppressed groups yeah, yeah. so and and that's a, a wonderful thing yeah mm-hmm. no, it really is it mm-hmm. really is uh, and I hope Cubby gets to stick around here for you know many decades more I hope so too yeah I do really you, do uh, do you have any big plans for when we are in the full on full capacity times like is there is there going to be a bash i know i know we're not supposed to have full reopening till july and pride is june to which i say okay cool just move pride to july (laughs) yeah just postpone it a week yeah (laughs) i hope so well i'm hoping you know again have they'll let us keep this outdoor stuff i mean they said they would but i know working having owning a business in the city sometimes (laughs) <laughs> what yeah. they say is not what happens but i'm hoping and that that would allow us to have more people because um you know if, if there's no room in there you can take your drink and have it outside and so that that'll be that'll be good and um cubby usually on gay pride is just like packed the whole Insane. entire street packed so i'm hoping that would be okay since they're saying that outdoors you really can't tra- transmit this and i think half of new york is vaccinated now so hopefully We'll be almost near herd immunity by then, and it'll be a lot more flexible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Fantastic. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for uh, for chatting with me and, and sharing some stories about Cubbies. Is there anything else about Cubby or any other story that comes to mind that you feel like you really want people to hear? Um. Just uh, just Tanya Saunders, who who vision it was and who created it. She was just the most amazing woman. Um, we planted this tree here. Mm. 
in honor of her. Um, the tree that was here before, that, that was, it was crazy. The, the tree that was here before, we had so many storms, nor'easters, hurricanes, whatever. Nothing ever moved that tree. And then about a week before Tanya died, inexplicably, it uprooted and fell over. <laughs> You're crazy. Me. Yeah, crazy. And so um, six months after that, I thought, you know what? We're going to get it, plant another tree, and we're going to dedicate it to Tanya. And we have. And her little plaque is there, and the tree is, like, lush and beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so, and I covered just in to uh, Christmas tree lights, covered in in lavender, lavender for the gayness of it. The gayness. <laughs> uh, Lisa, you were a delight. Uh, where is there anywhere people should be going to? I don't know if the Lesbian Bar Project is still happening. Should people be following Cubby on social stuff? You uh, should follow us on, on our, our Instagram. Our, we're trying to work on our um, website. Unfortunately, someone hacked into our website, and it's a mess. And every people, time. Hacked into the cubby hole website? It? Yeah, and they, what they put an online pharmacy. Gonna hold the margaritas hostage. What? They, they put an online pharmacy on it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> How are you? How are you? Um, yeah, so uh, I, I need to change the entire thing, and I just haven't had the time yet, sure. so I have to do this. I don't go, don't go to the website, but our uh, Instagram is where everything is up to date, and Which it's, is? At, it's at Cubby Hole Bar. Cubby Hole Bar. Yeah. Uh, well, Lisa, uh, I think you're doing a great job Thank taking you. over. Um, that story is very sweet, though it's stories like that I hate because I don't believe in a divine. But then stories like that, that make me go like, how can I not believe that <laughs> in some kind of a spiritual somethingness? Because I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I question it, too, but I, I adore Tanya so much. And I'd yeah. like to think that I'll make an exception and believe she's somewhere yeah. In the spirit world. It's very sweet. Well, why don't you, uh, thanks again, and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> no, I thank you. I really appreciate, like, you reaching out to me to do this. This was a pleasure. Do not miss, I mean, if you already missed it, you can't control that. But if you have it, if you're listening to this on on the day this is coming out, Wednesday, June 2nd, you know, do not miss the world premiere of the Lesbian Bar Project documentary coming out tomorrow, June 3rd, on the Jaegermeister YouTube channel. I'll have a link in the show notes, and I assume that link is going to be good for replays too. And of course, please, if you can, donate some bucks, some shekels, some something to the Lesbian Bar Project. Uh, you know, help keep these bars open, help keep them staffed. You can go to lesbianbarproject.com for that. Uh, you know, all my social media, they're out over down there in the show notes. You can get all that there, including a link to my OnlyFans. Uh, if you want to see me mediocrely fuck someone and overpay for the privilege to see it, you can find me at OnlyFans.com slash Billy. Rest in peace, Tanya Saunders. You created a great space. You did good things. Seems like you left the bar in really good hands. Everybody else, stay slutty. Promescence Delay Spray helps the dick havers last a little bit longer. Not really much else to say about that. It's pretty cut and dry. It's awesome. 
And if you want to enjoy an exclusive Man Whore Podcast discount, visit the link at the top of the show notes of this episode and fill your cart with their premium sexual wellness products. But hurry, you got to click that link before this deal expires on June 16th.